First part of session 90. Let's explore how do extraterrestrials look like. Interesting, huh? Let's begin. Okay, if you know me, you should notice that I am very picky with the language that I use when speaking about these subjects, especially because I am perhaps too aware of the way we tend to create a mystery surrounding these topics. Um, in the past hundred years or so, we have been uh, creating all kinds of fantasies as to you know, what is this UFO phenomenon and um, what do aliens look like? And it has become a subject to be ridiculed. Uh, thankfully, thanks to the law of one, we have a model that explains things in a much more elegant way, as opposed to uh, the way our imagination has been working for, like I said, over a hundred years, since we started exploring the ideas of uh, entities in other planets and so on. So um, the title is just basically for clickbaiting. That's it. I'm honest. <laughs> so I'm interested in discussing, of course, what Ross says here, which is the the mechanics and how this actually is created. If I could even call it mechanic, it's just the um, the ways of manifestation of form. So we're going to explore that in beautiful detail. Um, so this session is probably going to take me, uh, again, two, three parts. We'll see if we can cover as much as possible. But again, this first part is going to be concerned with exploring the ways in which other entities manifest their physical form, if that makes sense. Or in the short way, how do ETs look like? <laughs> uh, and I'm, we're going to cover even uh, different densities. So. It's just so rich, so beautiful. Let's get into it before I keep going without um, giving the giving you the, the meat of this session. So we start with the first question as usual. Don saying, first, please give me the condition of the instrument. So how is Carla? And Ross says, the physical complex energy deficit is somewhat increased by continued distortions towards pain. The vital energy levels are, as previously stated, having fluctuated slightly between askings. So again, nothing uh, too uh, extraordinary here. Just a reminder, we're listening to a conversation between Don Elkins and the social memory complex known as Ra. So they're talking through the instrument of Carla. And this is the regular monitoring that they do just to see how she's doing in her energies and uh, she has she had very um, distorted physical being like arthritis and other issues in her body um, and that's that's kind of like the physical part and the vital energies were um, were fine at this point they were they were fine so nothing to comment there Question two, Don says, could you tell me the situation with respect to our fourth and fifth density companions at this time? 
Ra says, the fourth density league of companions accompanies your group, the fifth density friend, at this space-time nexus, works within its own density exclusively. So I'm doing a bit of a refresher to what this all means uh, for the regular listeners, but since some new people may be attracted to the Law of One at this point, especially because of the title, um, we're talking about a model of reality that uh, speaks of different densities in which beings are manifested, and that's a whole study in and of itself. But here, they're referring to a specific situation that they were dealing with in the contact with Ra, and that was that they had attracted uh, negative entities who were doing their offering, which again is another study uh, to, to do within the, the Law of One, but that's what they're talking about. So for the regular listener, you know who the fourth and fifth density uh, negative entities are and what they were doing. Um, and so what do they say? Um, they are the four density for reasons that we'll find out. The four density entities were with the group, whereas the fifth density was working from remotely, let's say. <laughs> That's something that I can say now and makes sense. I'll explain that as well, why four density was there and why fifth density was working remotely now <laughs> from home. Um, Oh, that sounds so silly now that I hear it. Question three, Don says, by what means do these particular fourth density entities get from their origin to our position? So Don is interested about the the moving, the transportation. How how do they arrive here? Ross says the mechanism of calling has been previously explored. When a distortion which may be negatively connotated is affected, this calling occurs. So we have different callings to which negative and positive entities are actually uh, approach us. And um, again, we have talked about this mechanism of calling before. Uh, this would have to be, you know, uh, willingly calling them. Also by ways of your distortions, you may call them. And as a side note, then the negative ones are also those who offer themselves without being asked. So <laughs> that's another way of calling. Um, when a distortion which may be negatively connotated is affected, this calling occurs. So this could be, you know, through situation, through your own mind, um, through um, anything that that may require a, a negative intensity to, to the experience that is happening. And so that would be the calling, as far as I remember. There, there's also other details that I won't get into because they're too uh, nuanced. But yeah, th those are the major ones. Ra does explain other types of approaching. And they say, in addition, the light of which we have spoken, emanating from attempts to be of service to others in a fairly clear and lucid sense, is another type of calling in that it represents that which requires balance by temptation. Thirdly, there have been certain avenues into the mind-body-spirit complexes of this group, which have been made available by for by your fifth density friend. So let's go with the light. Um, so there is the calling, which again is situational. 
and depends on the configuration of the of the entity of the person but then there is the attraction when you're doing service to others when you're um, when you're engaging especially in this attempt which was very much intense the light that was being channeled is huge and so a similar temptation for balancing needs to be offered um, everything in the universe is balanced so if you're doing something it's opposite needs to arise that's just how it is um, we can call this good bad higher lower it doesn't matter it is one and it's opposite when you're doing some type of work in consciousness so that is the other type uh, of calling and again it's about balancing in this case because they're they were positive it's a temptation to the negative to the ego structure so uh, you move to the positive the negative needs to be present not because you need to carry it with yourself but because it needs to be available also for the choosing this is true for all third density experience the last one is um, as I understand it they say that there has been a certain certain avenues that the fifth density uh, negative entity has sort of made some inroads into the the group so it has already created these distortions and we don't know which one they are uh, i am assuming by the way i i feel it that this had to do with the different um yeah distortions that they that the group started creating i don't know which ones they were but um let's say um, certain behaviors right or attitudes that were starting to be uh seated by this this negative entity so that i think is the other way in which they approach now um don is going to ask further but i you see he was interested in knowing and let me get this out of the way so we can explore on a deeper level. Don was a physicist. I mean, he was a mechanical engineer uh, by trade, or at least by studies, but, and he was a professor, but his, his mind was as a physicist. He wanted to know dynamics of movement and all of this within the material paradigm. Far from trying to disprove the material paradigm, Ra would suggest certain things. But the thing is that Don's question are coming from the material paradigm, meaning that these entities exist outside of our influence or of our reality uh, of space-time. And so how do they move towards us? How do they manifest here? How do they um, travel, you see? And so there are subtleties to this because we don't use space-time in higher densities as much. There, again, there are nuances here that I'll try to cover, but the point is that Don is asking this, and that, that's going to be his next question. Question four, he says, actually, the question I intended was, how do they get here by what means of moving? So you see, moving distance in space-time. And so Ra offers this explanation and say, in the mechanism of the calling, the movement is as you would expect. That is, the entities are within your planetary influence and are, having come through the quarantine web, free to answer such 
calling. So in the specific mechanism of the calling, right? The movement is as we would think, they must be present, right? In the influence, uh, the sphere of influence, which is the planet here. So again, because they are here, they can answer the call. That's basically what they're saying. They don't need to move. Like we would say, I'm going to uh, Europe or I'm going to Russia or Japan or Indonesia or whatever. Um, it, it's not that type of space movement, you know, that transportation, but rather there is more work in consciousness, in mind. Fourth density particularly is starting to learn these ways because that's what they learn to move to fifth density. So the entities are here and I think they're talking about the, the fourth density entities that they need to be here. Like I said, the other ones are working from their own density, the, f the fifth density negative entity. So that's the first thing that we need to establish. Um, there is no such thing as needing to move, although four density needs to move in a different way than fifth density, but let's not complicate that. The point is that it's not as our human physical form travels, if that makes sense. They go on to explain, the temptations are offered by those negative entities of what you would call your inner planes. These, shall we say, dark angels have been impressed by the service to self path offered by those which have come through quarantine from days of old. And these entities, much like your angelic presences of the positive nature, are ready to move in thought within the inner planes of this planetary influence working from time-space to space-time. So that last part when they say uh, working from time space to space time is in essence what I said about working from consciousness or mind um, not space time uh, for those of you who don't know space time refers to the physical realm this material uh, three dimensions of space one of time and time space is related to metaphysic or mind where we move in three directions of time past, present, future, in only one space, which is the now. So um, that's the difference between the two, basically mind and body. Body being space-time, mind being time-space. So a lot to get into this paragraph, actually. Um, they say that the temptations that are offered by those negative entities, those would be uh, fourth density. I don't think they say it here, but that's... Um, that's what they're talking about. I mean, they don't say fourth density, but we have learned so far that temptations are offered by fourth density primarily. So they're offered, how, how are they offered? That's the question, right? So there, there are fourth density entities, negative entities from other planets, and they're doing their work. How do they do it? It's interesting how they explain here. They call them dark angels. I love that. Um, so dark angels have been impressed by the service to other self. Actually, dark angels are not the negative entities of fourth density. Um, this is a, a whole different topic and I'm only going to summarize it. Uh, 
But um, yeah, let me let me show you the diagram that I have in my mind. Uh, recently, actually, I was talking to Julie, my wife, about how angels work and what are angels, and I just gave her my explanation of what this this means to me. You see, the way we describe angels has always varied from culture to culture, and yet all of them speak of angels, and then they speak of demons. You know, what are we to make out of all of this? Well, if there's one thing that is common across all cultures is that angels are known to be positive beings or uh, always eliciting some sort of uh, inspirational, motivational, uh, enlightening experience where demons are doing the opposite. So if we can just regularize this by saying positive experiences, negative experiences, then we know that there are streams of thought at different levels and intensities that vary in the experience of life. Yeah? So, if this is the experience of life, it's either positive or negative. That's how our mind runs, right? It wants certain things and it finds them pleasurable, uh, uh, good, and so on. And then there are um, undesirable experiences. So those are positive and negative experiences. And the the whole dynamic for the negative entities is to manipulate you, to make you feel good in a certain way, that it's always taxing because they're taking that energy, that creative energy of you, so for their own purposes, because the negative entity is void inside. It doesn't have a heart. Or at least it does, but it's not it's not using it. So the negative entity, that's the way it works. Um, through the, uh, let's say this mechanic, I'm gonna call it mechanic again, of positive and negative, then we call them angelic beings. Yes, presences, uh, positive and negative. These are under the influence of the planetary sphere. Again, um, if we go back to the model, and I apologize for the new viewers who may be listening to this, but this is the model of the law of one. Uh, within the model of the law of one, we have densities. So we have first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh densities. We are living, or we are experiencing third density. Now, third density has seven sub-densities, which are related to the energy centers or chakras. My model, my mental model of angelic and demonic beings is that these beings within the planetary sphere are in the sub-densities. So we experience angels uh, in these, that doesn't mean that there doesn't exist in, in other densities because it's holographic. But at least as Ra is explaining here, I just wanted to become aware or visualize the possibility that these beings are within the energy system, right? And so clearly um, a frequency of the heart is always angelic, whereas a frequency in the lower energy centers may be uh, negative or it doesn't necessarily has to be, but it's drawing you there. There might be an influence there. And Ra gives a, a sort of hint to that here. In Big caveat, this is my interpretation again, but I think there's a hint in here that I'll explain. But that's the, the, the whole dynamic, right? There are densities of consciousness, 
And then within this third density consciousness, we are having the experience of positive and negative. And those positive and negative experiences are influenced by the streams of thoughts that exist. Some are positive, some are negative. Now, how do the four density entities come and play here? Well, recall that there are four density entities in their own right, in their own home, let's say. And how they do the work is what Ra explains here. Ra says, dark angels have been impressed by the service to self path offered by those which have come through quarantine from days of old. So those who have come through the quarantine uh, in antiquity, right? That's what they're saying. From days of old in antiquity, they have been coming and influencing uh, the angels or the these sub-densities have been impressed with negative Orion influence, let's call it, Orion being the negative entities. Um, so this creates a sort of dark angel impression. You see, that's the hint that I see that I see here that I believe this has been, they don't necessarily have to be um, negative but they have been impressed that way. So it's almost like we have that uh, egregor, right? Is that the word that we use in English too for uh, this uh, thought form that is agreed upon by the majority or a big part of the population? So that's it, you see. This is almost like, think about it as, as a sort of virus that has been uh, installed in the system of third density in planet Earth. That's how the fourth density have created their influence in this stream of thoughts which are negative. And it's sort of like they're creating their own uh, dystopian metaphysical reality here, <laughs> if that makes sense. But the same thing is happening from fourth density positive ones. So again, it's a matter of intensifying the the streams of light and darkness for us to make the choice. I could spend easily an hour or two talking about this because there's so much to explain, but that's the best way I can summarize it. Now, what else do they say? These entities, much like your angelic presences of the positive nature, are ready to move in thought within the inner planes. They're talking about the dark angels. They're ready to move in thoughts, right? That's how we get influence. That's how we pick up this signal. And that signal is, um, I want something positive for others. I want to be service to others, or I want something for myself. I want to be selfish, selfish, selfish or selfless. It's not only that, but I'm giving an example. And so the, how do they move in thought? Through time, space, to space-time. So I wish I could draw this uh, in, in the board there, but there is the four density entity influencing for thousands of years the, uh, the inner planes, right? The sub-densities. And those sub-densities are simply sort of um, like rivers of thoughts that exist for our mind to pick up 
and our minds pick them up and say, yes, I, uh, I like this temptation. I mean, we don't say this consciously, but the mind does get, you know, attracted to this, to, uh, this type of thought, negative thought patterns, and it moves there, or it does the opposite on the positive one. So that's the whole structure. There is the higher densities influencing the inner planes. The inner planes are the source of thought and we are the decoding aspect of reality. We are the experiencer, the creator, um, or at least that part of the creator that is experiencing itself as this particular form. Again, I feel like I have truncated so much in this explanation that I I won't even apologize because otherwise I'll spend the whole session here. Let's go on with now how fifth density communicates or does its work. Ross says, the mechanism of the fifth density entity is from density to density and is magical in nature. The fourth density of itself is not capable of building the highway into the energy web. However, it is capable of using that which has been left intact. These entities are, again, the Orion of fourth density. So explaining again now the, the densities, uh, we now go to a higher density, fifth density. This is what I called working from home, right, remotely, because they do their work from fifth density. That's why Ra says they do their work from density to density and is magical in nature. Why is it magical? Fourth density seems magical to me. They're working through the inner planes. Well, they're using the to my understanding, they use, they're using the word magical as we have defined it in the past as doing changes in consciousness at will. There is a much more powerful use of light and consciousness, light being uh, intelligent energy, that which creates uh, in fifth density. That's, that's what they're training, right, in fifth density. And so there is a greater capacity for manipulation. Now, uh, they do create these sort of avenues, as Ra calls them, uh, canals, if you will, in which these workings can be done. The four density is not capable of building these highways or canals, I would say, into the energy web, but they are capable of using the roads that have been paved by fifth density, I would think. So these entities are the Orion uh, entities and they are from four density, the ones that are able to use these canals. So again, the type of work that fifth density um, entities do is a little bit more complex, but it's not explained here. I won't go into the details, um, but they work together. Of course, the four density are the minions of fifth density. They do their, their bidding and, um, yeah, that's, that's even another layer of complexity into how this, this reality is fed more and more possibilities for experiencing both polarities to a degree that is novel to the creator. I know, I am aware that this topic may be raising a lot of uh, goosebumps <laughs> because we're talking about negative entities and I for one and I have been unaffected by this for a while but I do understand that there is some sort of consideration and concern about the you know not being affected by negative entities and so on uh, 
So I'll just say that it's your choosing, your conscious choosing to realize how your behavior is being influenced. Is it being influenced by that which is natural in you or is it being influenced by thought patterns that are not you? That I leave obviously to the individual, but that's how you refine basically your, your own being and you make the choice. You have to choose one or the other stream of thought, positive or negative. That's beyond the scope of this episode, but um, and it goes into self-realization and so on, but I won't get into that. Let's go to the next question. Question five, Don says, you stated previously that fifth density entities bear a resemblance to those of us in third density on planet Earth, but fourth density does not. Could you describe the four density entities and tell me why they do not resemble us? Here we go into the four and the shape of other entities. Ra explains, the description must be baited under the law of confusion. The cause for a variety of so-called physical vehicles is the remaining variety of heritages from second density physical vehicular forms. The process of what you call physical evolution continues to hold sway into fourth density. Only when the ways of wisdom have begun to refine the power of what you may loosely call thought is the form of the physical complex manifestation more nearly under the direction of the consciousness. This puts... Um, there are so many beautiful ways in which I can draw this model this diagram of beingness. Let's start with the question. Don is asking that Ra said in the past that fifth density look a lot, a lot like us, whereas fourth density do not. What is the reason? This is the precursor for more questions that Don is going to make, but let's make the foundation for this. Ra is saying that uh, first of all, the law of confusion must be called upon because they don't want to give more details that we should find out for ourselves. So I'm going to open speculation here on my part to explain what I believe is the cause of this uh, discovery that we need to make. And let's see. Most of, our, most of our thoughts and ways of, of thinking is that we are material beings and everything else is a product of this material being. Even when we start believing quantum physics and metaphysics in general, metaphysics uh, referring to uh, spiritual traditions and so on, we're conscious beings, light beings, and so on. There is still the paradigm stuck in our heads that it's the outside to the inside. And we need to refine that. The way to refine this is to understand that and fully understand that consciousness is what gives rise to everything. Now, if you know that you are consciousness, then you know that everything that is arising is in essence um, 
you know, it's like it's like a white hole. What do we call a white hole? It should be a star <laughs> um, that is emanating new, so-called new uh, energy, right? So everything is coming from the inside out. So the form, the shape that we have refers to um, the programming or the configuration or the desire of manifestation particular for this nexus, which we call self, right? This manifested self. And so if we see it this way, then we begin to see that, oh, everything in the creation is actually becoming, it's flowering up or out, outwards. Uh, depending on the whims of the creation, whatever it wants to be. It wants to be an animal, it wants to be a tree, it wants to be a dirt, it wants to be a sun. Everything, it's, I mean, there, there's, there's more structure than just whimsical creation, but uh, in a way there is still, you know, just spontaneous creation happening. So this causes what Ra calls second density physical vehicular forms. Like I said, animals, plants, and so on. Because first there is the material manifested or matter. What we call matter is the foundation for life, is the foundation for creation. I think I can get away by calling it matter. So that matter becomes uh, alive, it moves, it grows, it uh, procreates and it dies and it evolves over time, you see? So this is where we come from. We have figured this out in our science by noticing that, hey, we share a common DNA with many primates and those primates that we have found in um, anthropology, oh, Look at that, you know, we are these uh, descendants from these. At least those are speculative. We don't have for sure, you know, <laughs> which one is. But as far as we know, you know, those are the ones that match the best. And so we say, well, we are closer to them than anybody else, which makes sense. Uh, but there are some broken links or missing links. In any case, we know that that's where we come from. That's the second density vehicle. Obviously, we look like primates. Lo and behold, we have hands, appendages, and uh, heads, brains, mouth, eyes, and all these things different to some other animals um, who don't have exactly what we have, bipedal form, the whole nine, right? Uh, we're even going to discuss opposable thumbs here. How cool is that? That's going to be for the next session, though. I don't think we're going to get to that here. Um, not next session. Sorry, uh, next episode. In any case, that's where we derive our form. You see, and so we are a product of that form because it's almost like automatic that it's happening. We cannot influence the way we look, not yet. Even in fourth density, when we move into fourth density, we cannot influence that because we're still under the influence of this um, automatic system of manifestation. We haven't, uh, we're still, fourth density is, and no surprise, is the heart of creation, right? The heart, fourth chakra, is the middle of the energy system, uh, the energy center system. So, no surprise, here's where we lose the influence of physicality and 
we start to work more with our true nature, which is consciousness. So for density, we're still on, under the influence of this instinctive uh, evolving pattern of movement, which started in second density, moved on to third density and continued on in fourth density. So we're still under the influence of that. That's why anybody who is from fourth density still looks like their second density ancestors. You see, it's so beautiful. So for density, all entities, they look just like, they're changing, I'm sure they're changing. Uh, so in essence, we would still look human in four density. Uh, we would be under the influence, the physical form, the vehicle is still this. However, we will start learning the ways of fifth density. Um, and that's where, when Ra says, uh, well, let me cover, you see, this you will now understand better when they say the process of what you call physical evolution continues to hold sway into fourth density. Physical evolution being that which started in second density, that movement, that growth, that um, uh, engendering of more of this uh, pattern of vibration, which we call human form. And so we're still um, under the influence of this physical evolution. They say only when the ways of wisdom have begun to refine the power, this is the ways of fifth density. So upper fourth density, we start to learn this more, uh, have begun to refine the power of what you may loosely call thought. See, when we start refining the nature of thought, what's the nature of thought? We're barely even grasping at this here in third density by saying, oh, it seems like it's, uh, it's consciousness. <laughs> You know, other people would disagree. No, thought is just some random thing that happens and uh, you are in control of thoughts, you the ego self and so on. So when we start refining thoughts, right? The power of thought is then that the form of the physical complex manifestation is more nearly under the direction of consciousness. Ah, what we started with this uh, trip that I gave you is that as we begin to see this, um, this thought, the power of thought, then we say that, oh, the physical form that I have is actually made out of thought, of consciousness, so I can change it at will. I am not under the influence of the material inertia that was the evolution of second density through third density to fourth density. And then you begin to work more with your true nature, your true nature is formless and it takes form depending on what you want to form. That would be fifth density. So it's such a beautiful model. Uh, I just, I love this because it respects every single mystical understanding that we have had for thousands of years on planet Earth. And it gives a more elegant view onto the way that we are made or we, we're not made by anything else but ourselves so we are a product of our own creation again i feel like i could spend uh hours talking about this and we're not even on question six so let's move on question six don says well if the population of this planet presently looks similar to the fifth density entities I was wondering why this is. 
If I understand you correctly, the process of evolution would normally be the third density, resembling that form which that from which it evolved in second density, and then refining in fourth, and then again in fifth, becoming what the population of this planet looks like in third. So Don is a little bit lost here, but um, he finishes and says, why is this planet? He pauses and says, it seems to me that this planet is ahead of itself in the way the mind-body-spirit complex or body complex of that looks. What is the reason for this? Um, Ra says, your query is based upon a misconception. Do you wish us to comment or do you wish to re-question? Yeah, it's very uh, tangled. Uh, Don says, please comment on my misconception if that is possible. Ra says, in fifth density, the manifestation of the physical complex is more and more under the control of the conscious mind complex. Therefore, the fifth density entity may dissolve one manifestation and create another. Consequently, the choice of a fifth density entity or a complex of entities wishing to communicate with your peoples would choose to resemble your people's physical complex chemical yellow ray vehicles. I think Ra could have explained a little bit more to Don's um, mistaken view. There are a couple of things here that I would uh, I would comment on. I think he was under the influence that even in fifth density, um, we kind of refine the way we look. And so we look, I don't know, like a stylized version of ourselves in third density, but that's not the case. Like I explained in fifth density, we basically can take the form of whatever we want because we're no longer under the influence of, I am this shape. I am this body. You see, <laughs> you can see how, there's so many blockages here on planet Earth when people are associating themselves with the body. You know, we have a lot of this because it's all about, you know, how do I look and so on. We have a culture created and reinforced under this. You know, how do, how do we look? <laughs> uh, this is proper for negative polarization. Again, I'm not saying that if you take care of yourself. I know so many questions are being to be drawn here, but it's about identifying you primarily with your body. Uh, Look what's inside, not what the outside. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that kind of thing is really what's what what the, we're talking about here. In any case, I don't want to speculate more. Uh, but we are we are definitely under a heavy orange ray influence here on planet Earth. We're talking about just appearances and uh, what's in it for me, I the individual, and me and my labels and so on. But it is as it is. I'm not criticizing it. I think that's. As we will find out, I think this session is, it's so packed. This is definitely going to be a three-part session. It's so packed with information that we can, we can go on and on and on. In any case, Don's question was about thinking that we would refine this. And you see, when he says, um, it would seem to me that we are ahead of ourselves, right? It seems to me that the, this planet is ahead of itself in the way the mind, body, spirit or the complex looks like we are ahead of the game because we look like this, because other fifth density look like us. This will be explained further. And that's, that's a mistake that Ron didn't explain here. Misconception, there are many misconceptions here from my point of view, at least. And Ron says, okay, so they explained that in fifth density, the manifestation of the physical complex, the the body in fifth density 
is more under the control of the conscious mind complex. So the conscious mind complex is what creates the world, what sees the world as it is. And so in, you see, in, uh, in mysticism, we become aware of that and we know that our thoughts are shaping the world and are shaping who we are. You know, we don't have the power to change and morph. Maybe some mystic have been able to do it. Uh, there are many uh, psychic powers that have been developed in mysticism, which I don't care to um, to dive into because, uh, you know, the, the true mystic always says, don't get distracted with that. That's just going to take away um, time for your own incursion into the fullness of the creation. But we must admit that these powers exist. In any case, that's because our mind... Our conscious mind complex is able to do this. That's what we are. But then they say, the fifth density entity may dissolve one manifest manifestation and create another. It simply, you know, is formless. It has been, it has touched with that power which is formless within itself. And then by being formless, it can be any form. Consequently, the choice of a fifth density entity or complex of entities. So here's the explanation as to why fifth density entities look like us to us. It's a very important distinction here. If they are formless, how come they look like us? Well, they say the choice of a fifth density entity or complex of entities, this is positive and negative, by the way, wishing to communicate with your peoples would choose to resemble your people's physical complex, chemical yellow ray vehicles. In essence, if I am formless and I want to talk to you, I would obviously don't want to look like a, a, I don't know, a deformed rhinoceros. <laughs> Why would I do that? I would probably scare you. So I would take you know, the shape of someone that you may be familiar with. Um, and this is why I, I have so many speculations here. But um, when we see, especially in near-death experiences, we see that our ancestors are there. Uh, yes, they are in form, but in essence, it's our own uh, love, our the self, the God, basically taking the shape of our ancestors to greet us back into uh, our home, you know, where we come from, which is not this illusory physical planet. Um, this is not in any way saying that this planet is illusory. It's just that what we see out here is illusory. The planet is as real as can be. Uh, so much to discuss here, but at least I got that covered. And I'm happy for that. Fifth density entities create their own form depending on how they want to look. Question eight, Don says, I see very roughly if you were to move a third density entity from some other planet to this planet, roughly what percentage of all of those within the knowledge of Ra would look enough like those entities of Earth so that they would go unnoticed in a crowd? Uh, it's a very particular question and Ra says 5%. So if you didn't understand the question, uh, it's very simple. Of all, I mean, I don't even know how Ra could give 5%. It's a must be like a very short estimate. But maybe to Ra's knowledge, right? Isn't that what Don asked? Um, yeah, within the knowledge of Ra, okay. How many 
of the third density entities that are out there would look like us humans and go on notice. Like you could see somebody and say, oh, that's, a, that's just another human. They say 5%, so 5%, 95% of the population uh, of third density looks not like us. So again, this has to do at this level of which we're talking about, just to refresh it, we're talking about third density. So 5% of second density uh, planets or that in, within Ra's knowledge, they look like us, okay? Human form, primates kind of thing. Um, yeah, so it's the legacy of second density. It's not that they choose to look like us, it's just that the legacy of their second density was very similar to us and we would look like uh, like that. Now, keep in mind that 5%, because we're gonna get another percentage, I think I'm gonna get to that question. Let's find out. In question nine, Don says, then there is an extreme variation in the form of the physical vehicle in third density in the universe. No surprise. I assume this is also true for four density. Is this correct? Uh, yes, of course, if they look just like us or just like themselves. Ross says, this is so. We remind you that it is a great theoretical distance between demanding that the creatures of an infinite creation be unnoticeably similar to oneself and observing those signs which may be called human, which denote the third density characteristics of self-consciousness, the grouping into pairs, societal groups and races, and further characteristic means of using self-consciousness to refine and search for the meaning of the milieu. Um, so the definition um, of milieu would be uh, that of, of the surroundings, our, um, yeah, our, not landscape or, yeah, our surroundings are this, you know, it's gonna look uh, something like that. In any case, we remind you that a great theoretical distance, so in essence, um, it's very, <laughs> You know, um, it's um, it's very difficult to theorize that you know uh, certain people are going to look like you in an infinite uh, creation. That's basically what they said. Um, and observing those signs, e and you know, even the way we behave culturally, it's obviously known to us because it depends on our makeup and how we structure our groupings and how we behave with each other. Everything is so different. Of course, this makes sense. I know in science, we tend to think that, oh no, because we are, you know, the example of self-consciousness, then other self-consciousness must look like us. Um, but that's not the case. I mean, when we look at a creation not made out of parts, so many things change. This is why realizing, in science at least, and there are scientists who have been exploring this more and more seriously in the past couple of decades, it's important to establish that this is not a universe made out of particles. This is a universe that is made out of consciousness. This is not something new. 100 years ago or more, our physicists, like Planck and uh, others, they basically realized and said, 
oh, consciousness is the basis of everything, uh, especially in quantum physics, you can't deny that. So we have to, um, we have to start thinking this way so we be more aligned with what's happening really. Otherwise we get into this um, dark philosophical view of the universe, which is what materialist science or scientism has developed over time and this uh, grim and dark view, which it's fun. I mean, I come from that background. I came from looking at heat death, <laughs> that's it. And consciousness is just electromagnetic uh, uh, biases that have been collected over a lifetime for this animal and they will dissolve into electrostatic. <laughs> that, that was my thinking back then. Everything goes, you know, to, to ashes. Uh, so I know how this feels and we need, to, we need to come out of that if we are to evolve, which is happening regardless. Um, it's just how much we want to accelerate it on an individual level. However, um, what Ra is describing here is that, yes, you know, we, it's kind of difficult to, to say this, right? We have to look quite different. Uh, that's basically what it is. We have to look quite different in even the way we group and, uh, you know, our races and everything else. It's just so different. Every, all of this is uh, affected by uh, the milieu, you know, this and surroundings, this landscape this planet that seasons and uh, our choices polarization and so on all of this influences i have a theory that uh, your mind depending on how traumatized you are or how beautiful you know you are in terms of loving the creation your physical form changes right your mind is shaping your your face in a way uh, and so people are born with specific uh, uh, biases and directions and so they take that form not fully but certain characteristics are there so we're shaping this we're shaping reality in ways that we cannot understand so i think that was a, a good um uh, a good what should i call it comment from Ra. let's go to the next question don't ask in question 10 <clears throat> well, within Ra's knowledge of third density physical forms, what percentage would be similar enough to this planet's physical form that we would assume the entity to be human, even though they were a bit different? This would have to be very rough because of my definition being, because of my definition being very rough. Uh, again, this uh, now he's expanding and saying, well, what if they look a little bit like us, but different, not exactly like us? Ra says, this percentage is still small, perhaps 13 to 15% due to the capabilities of various second density life forms to carry out each necessary function of third density work. Thusly, to be observed would be behavior indicating self-consciousness and purpose purposeful interaction with a sentiment, uh, I correct myself, interaction with a sentient ambience about the entity rather than those characteristics which familiarly connote your people's, the humanity of your third density form. In short, I would say, and then we'll reread it again. In short, they're saying that, well, if they are only to be recognized as 
third density behavior than between 13 and 15 percent now what is this third density behavior well self-consciousness those behaviors that indicate self-consciousness what does that mean i ask questions i am inquisitive i know that i am this is self-consciousness things that are beginning to be developed in all second density uh, forms to one degree or another to primitive forms like insects to major in very intelligent almost self-conscious beings like mammals for example or uh, i mean elephants dogs uh, animals that cows even uh, of course porks and some of <laughs> more animals that we eat uh, they are starting to develop this self-consciousness right so that that's that's what Ryan is saying like okay if we're just gonna group them into what we recognize as self-consciousness uh, and their interaction with a sentient ambience this uh, milieu this in surroundings that we call the ecosystem nature uh, then yes instead of those characteristics which are uh, features of you humans right you humans look like this and have a nose and uh, you stand tall and you do these activities if we bar that out and only concentrate on things that we can recognize as third density then only 13 to 15 percent would be recognizable by us you see um, there is there are so and I, I don't know if we're gonna get to that question but Ra talks about how different other third density experiences may look like it's baffling actually but okay oh, i can again have i said enough that i could spend hours here i'm gonna try to cover one more question unless it's short and then i'll cover two and that'll leave us in a good territory for next session don says in question 11 now my line of questioning he pauses and says i'm trying to link to the creation of various logos and their original use of a system of archetypes in their creation and i apologize for a possibly for possibly a lack of efficiency in doing this but i find this somewhat difficult now for this particular logos in the beginning prior to its creation of first density did the archetypical system which it had chosen for its creations include the forms that would evolve and in particular third density human form or was this related to the archetypical concept at all ross says the choice of form is prior to the formation of the archetypical mind as the logos creates its plan for evolution then the chosen form is invested I think this is going to make a great segue for next session. So I'm just going to leave it at this because then we're going to talk about the archetypical mind a little bit uh, and then expand in terms of form of their density in this particular logos. Again, if you're new to the channel and you're listening to this for the first time, uh, when we talk about the logos, we're talking about the regional loca, um, locus of the creator, which is the sun that which created the solar system or that which is the solar system because every part of the solar system is the sun uh, remember that there was a disk accretion of matter or light uh, surrounding the the sun that created the planets the oort cloud 
the Kuiper belt, uh, asteroid belt, which was, according to the Law of One model, Maldic, uh, and all the other planets, um, whether you want to count Pluto as a planet or not, that seems to be uh, preferential at this point, but everything else, that if you want to call it Oort Cloud, or actually Kuiper belt, uh, um, planetoid, or whatever it is that is called now, fine, but everything is the sun, that's the logos. So that's what Don's question is here. He's saying, um, trying to link um, what the form that these logos uh, created, or at least this one in particular, right? He says for this particular logos uh, prior to its creation. And so he in introduces the archetypical mind here to see was the archetypical mind that has chosen, right? He says, did the archetypical system which it had chosen for its creation include the forms that we would evolve? So basically, uh, Sun or Logos, plan for creation, archetypical mind, and then form. And Ra says, no, uh, choice of form is prior to the archetypical mind. Interesting, right? Because remember, the archetypical mind is that which informs experience, is not that which describes form. Uh, and so more questions are going to be asked here, but that enters a new line of questioning as Don actually uh, appropriately said here. And I'm just gonna leave it at that because that's um, that's perfect to finish this session or not this session, but this episode. Conclusions. The most important, let, let me put this because I think it's important. Um, I normally say, you can probably sense how excited I was with this session. <laughs> um, because I love uh, models of the creation. My whole life, I was interested in uh, astrophysics and I, no surprising, I was attracted to chemistry and biology by trade in my, my job of over a decade in a corporation because I love science. I just, I just love it. And I love seeing these models. However, I would admit that this only graces on the importance of this knowledge that we're getting, this, uh, the hearts of the teaching here by Ra, the law of one. Because it's just igniting curiosity and it's igniting a bit of a, a you know, interest into how things work. You know, all of these are avenues that take us into the mystical search for unity. So what did we get out of all of this that is directly related to um, to the mystical search for unity? The fact that we live in a paradigm, we still live in a paradigm, I mean, we're bombarded by it everywhere and our system of life is directed by this paradigm, which is we are creatures that you know are physical and we do take care of our body, uh, I mean, this is not this is not a, an error. We need to take care of our body, but we need we need to put too much importance in our body, right? Because we need to survive. We need to protect ourselves, and all of this. This is true to a degree, but there is more to that. Is what we're trying to say here. We're not saying don't take care of your body. No, it's take care of your body, but not like it's the only thing that exists. 
there is more to explore and that is your true nature your true nature is not body parts is not this physical realm your true nature is beyond that in fact this is a product of your true nature so exploring that is what i said consciousness as the model for reality everything is consciousness um interestingly the path that i took which is the direct path uh, discusses this um, consciousness only model in a beautiful way that we can all investigate we don't need um, you know some sort of yogi insight to realize this although all yogis insights are based on this recognition of true being you see we don't need to uh, create a Dyson sphere to harness the power of the Sun so we can finally power a quantum computer that can solve this you know we don't have to take that way either uh, and we don't have to break down reality to its uh, constituents to find the true nature of ourselves no all we need to do is investigate the nature of being which I am already and so when you do this you begin to you have to have a moment of insight in which you say oh yes this is proof that everything is consciousness once you do that it's all about searching the implications of this and continue to validate it in your experience so this is where we move from belief to knowing and that my friends is liberation of mind of spirit of body everything how do we do this we investigate into the nature of who we are we ask the question who am i and we go to the bottom of it to the very bottom of our own capabilities and we find that which we are if you're interested in this you know where to find me instagram is the way to contact me uh, so i can tell you more about how this works and what we do in this teaching which again is the vedantic path of uh, advaita and we simply call it the direct experience or direct path into direct experience for self-realization links in the description as usual i have nothing else to say but thank you i'm really excited to finish this session uh, because there's so much to talk about and like i said in the next part we're going to cover more about this uh, choice of form and why do we look like this on planet earth what's the purpose so fascinating um, so i hope to see you there if you have nothing um i have nothing else to say but if you have nothing else to do just as usual like subscribe do those things that uh, or comment also all of these things help to reach out more people which is my goal thank you again have a nice day good night whatever you are and i'll see you in part two of session 90.